everybody, and welcome to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 155. Aaron, we have kicked off uh, the start of the regular season, not in the normal way, not in San Jose, uh, out in uh, Czech Republic, which, by the way, uh, we is not spelled uh, the way that we had it there, C-Z-H-E-C-H. Uh, I'm not going to say whose fault that was, but it wasn't me. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, they, they, they went, they had a great time, um, you know, hockey aside. They had some stories about that. I'll let you guys go ahead and take a look at those different things. We're not going to talk about that. But uh, the players had a lot of fun out there. Um, you know, just a really cool experience being able to visit a different country. Uh, and especially under the, um, I guess you could say, the tour guide ship of uh, Tomas Hurdle, uh, kind of showing everybody around. Uh, of course, he grew up out in the Czech Republic. So uh, really cool for him to be able to make it back uh, to that area for a, a game that actually counts, a game that means something. Uh, yeah, and I think um, they all had a great time. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to slowly move my camera over. Um, they had a great time and and had a wonderful host in the Czech Republic. Um, they were also in Berlin before that uh, to play the Ice Baron. So um, I think Nico Sturm was the host there because he's also from Germany. Mm. Um, so it was it was a fun time with 27 of the guys from the roster able to go and, and do a lot of team building. So the Sharks kind of training camp was was smaller than normal, but they had some really good bonding time, I feel, as a team doing this trip. So we'll see if that is better than having a longer training camp <laughs> or not, or if it even matters. <laughs> yeah, um, so it was kind of cool because they had, uh, you know, again, they played uh, Ice Baron, which I guess uh, translated means literally polar bear, right? Um, yeah. The ice in the, the E part of that ice it literally means ice. Uh, the DEL is the, I guess, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Dutch, Deutsch, Deutsch Hockey League, right? Deutsch Ice Hockey, D-E, Ice. Anyway, um, yeah, pretty cool um, that they got to play against that team. That was the team that had won, I think, two years uh, straight, and they are going for a three-peat this season as well. So it's not like they're just kind of like a throwaway team. I know in the previous episode I had said, you know, we better beat this team because it's an NHL team against, you know, a team playing out of the DEL. But you know, it, it was the, the the top talented team uh, in that league, and actually, they were missing, I think, five of their of their better players anyway. So, um, really, if they had not won this game, it would have been pretty embarrassing for the Sharks. So, glad to see they walked away from that exhibition with a three one win. Um, and I think you've got a clip here. I don't know if you want to just go ahead and jump straight into it, or if there's something else you want to talk about. But uh, with Hurdle talking about um, Cunning playing on his line, and uh, if you want to set that up. Uh, sure. Um, Cunning was kind of a guy, I guess he's kind of a placeholder. One of those guys that the Sharks absolutely love having that can play up and down the lineup. They could be on the first line, second line, third line, power play, kill penalties, you name it. And this is one of the guys that um, he was, what the Sharks traded for him for, they traded John Leonard plus a third round to get him from Nashville. So he's playing against his old team, uh, or he was going to, not against the Ice Baron, but against uh, when they played Nashville. But um, he was playing on Hurdle's line, and Hurdle was asked about Cunning and why he liked playing with him. So here's we love we love clips of of Hurdle. So here's the one sentence answer from Tomas Hurdle. I I really like him. He's you know he's fast, he's aggressive, he you know works hard in every shift. You know he got a lot of lot of pucks for us, and and that's how I kind of told him you know we you know me and Timo try to hold the puck, make it play, and. He, he opened up, but he's getting a lot of bucks, but he got a really strong preseason. Uh, honestly, I didn't know what to really expect him for him, but, you know, it's a lot of fun play with him, and so hopefully we have 
good connection, you know, uh, on Friday and score some goals too. But uh, I really like to play, you know, last couple of games with them. Hey man, uh, I, I mean, to be fair, that didn't seem like it was one sentence. Maybe he two. broke it up a bit. Maybe two. <laughs> He's getting better. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is kind of foreshadowing because this was before the Nashville games, and uh, he—I thought he looked pretty well, pretty good. Um, that's another right-handed shot in the lineup that the Sharks never really had last year, or even two years ago, um, especially last year once LeBanc was out. So, um, good to see. Uh, his linemate basically giving him some good praise and hurdle being one of the leaders on the team. Um, now hurdle and it's hurdle and Meyer and Coonan that were playing or Cunning. I keep saying Coonan Cunning were on the team or on the line. Um, Cunning is the guy that's going to go into those corners and get those pucks and retrieve them and give them back to hurdle and Meyer. So um, kind of a complimentary player to their style, I guess uh, really fast and aggressive. And to me, he looked very fast and aggressive. I, I, I really liked his game and, and overall game, not just on the offense either. Absolutely the type of player that uh, GM Mike Greer was, was hoping to get, uh, you know, to, to bolster this team back up and get them back to being at least an entertaining product on the ice. And it's funny that you say, you know, he's the guy that's going to go and, and get the pucks, and, and that is his style of play where he'll go and he'll bang and he'll retrieve. But it, it's funny listening to what Tomas Hurdle said. He said, you know, Timo and I will try to uh, hold on to the puck and you just kind of free yourself up. So it seems like pretty much everybody on that line is going to be trying to do some puck protecting here. Uh, maybe when Hurdle and Meyer have it, they're going to be uh, looking for him to to get open. But um, it seems like even if he, they don't have the puck, he's going to be the guy that goes, crashes, and bangs, and gets them the puck so that they can control it. So uh, I think there's some pretty decent chemistry that could happen on that line, uh, given the, the play styles of the three players that are there. The interesting question is going to be, what happens when Barabanov is healthy? So um, that's one thing I, I wanted to touch on here. Uh, not so much give my thoughts, but I'd love to hear what the folks in the chat uh, have to say about that. So if you can go ahead and throw your comments in there. Uh, what do you think happens here uh, when Barabanov get, gets back? Does he immediately get his job back? Do you think he has to earn it just like everybody else? Uh, they're obviously, you know, it's a new coaching staff and everything, so they don't really look at what was happening last season necessarily, right? You got to see what's going on in camps and, and everything else and the practices and see who's jiving and who's not. Um, is he going to just step right back in and just everything's going to flow again? Uh, or has maybe Cunning found himself on this line all of a sudden? Who knows? So uh, I guess, Aaron, while they're kind of typing that in there, uh, why don't you give me kind of your take on that? Uh, do you think Barabanov is uh, going to just slot right back in when he's healthy? That's a good question. I think um, the way that Greer's kind of set this team up is healthy competition. So once he is back, he's going to have to fight for his spot back. He's not going to just be given to, especially with the new coaching staff that doesn't even really, not that they don't know him because he was around in the beginning parts, but um, I think he's going to have to fight for that rollback. And Cunning's making his his case to stay on that line for now, at least in the short term. I mean, looking ahead, we're going to talk about it, but he had a goal and assist in two games. He's now, what, the leading goal or the leading scorer on the Sharks? <laughs> so, um kind of hard to uh to take that away but um I liked last year I liked that line of Barabanov, Hurdle and and Meyer I thought they played well together cuz they complemented each other um but it is a much different look having Barabanov on that line versus having Cunning on that line Barabanov is more of a perimeter player uh very good at protecting the puck and and making plays but not 
definitely not the kind of guy that Cunning is who's going to go straight to the net and get the dirty dirty goals and and uh, get into those dirty areas, as they like to call it. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I like what uh, Kellen Foster is thinking here. I think that Cunning is a better fit with Kachir on the bank. And you know what? I feel like that might – you might have something there because, you know, Hurdle, big body. Uh, Meyer, big body. Cunning. Uh, one of those guys is going to go hard into the boards, retrieve the puck. Uh, you know, for a pair like Couture and LeBanc, maybe that's one of the things that could help them out is having a guy like Cunning playing on their line, uh, crash, bang, get them the puck, right? Let those two guys, uh, you know, control the puck as best they can and, uh, you know, get some shots on and let him crash, as you said, uh, picking up those dirty goals. Maybe he is a better fit for that line. I don't know. But, you know, when Barabanov comes back, Maybe that's where Cunning finds himself. Just bump down, uh, you know, just down to the second line there with uh, a very able uh, Logan Couture and a uh, hopefully resurging Kevin LeBanc. But uh, we will see on on that front. So I don't know about that one. But um, yeah, I mean, he could be a fit there too. So uh, definitely a guy that you know he can play multiple different lines and probably be able to help anybody on his line be successful. So again, a nice pickup by uh, GM Mike Greer. Um, Aaron. I like what Drew said here about Lorenz. Lorenz's okay. effort level is insane, but doesn't have the offensive upside to stay on the top line. I heavily, heartily agree with that. He's he's trying. It's not that's not for lack of effort. It's he just won't be able to stay there. So yeah, I agree with that. I could see that switch having having uh, Cunning on that line. Yeah, and I, I know um, what's his name uh, Sheng. I think Sheng had an article that he wrote uh, talking about Lorenz and and. You know, his um, size and his speed and how much that's really contributing to the Sharks uh, so far this season and the first couple games that they played. Um, we'll have to see. You know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But, you know, any anytime you get a guy who's given you that level of effort, um, that's an A in my book. You know, and I always go back to Mario Ferraro and the amount of effort that he puts out night in. And, and night out. I mean, this guy, he, he's in the same vein here that people are talking about Lorenz. Um, you, you just never see him coasting around. You always see him charging hard at the puck, charging hard at players, uh, ready to bump and grind. Uh, just always, always, always fighting for the puck. And, and it's that, that effort lover, that effort level that is just off the charts. Um, and I think, again, that's the type of player that Mike is going for, that hard-nosed, blue-collar type of player. And if Lorenz is that guy, Cunning is that guy, and you've already got a guy in Mario Ferraro like that. It's it's certainly good building blocks, uh, at least for this season, and then hopefully uh, for seasons to come when we add a little bit more talent for the draft. Uh, that kind of rubs off on those younger guys, and um, hopefully we'll have a pretty decent team in a couple of years here. So we'll see. Aaron, anything else you wanted to say about this uh, this situation here? Uh, the game against Ice Baron? Or- yeah, I mean, or any of these topics so far, we'd move on to Nashville. Uh, just real quick about Ice Baron, like I, they scored that first goal, and I was just like, "Oh man, this is this is bad." But you could kind of tell the Sharks. I felt like in the first period they didn't have their legs under them. They they looked a little sluggish, kind of feeling them out, kind of tired. Maybe maybe their bodies just weren't awake because they had just gotten into Europe not too long before that. Um, but that second and third period they really turned it on, and when they they scored those two quick goals, it's like, okay, I, I think the Sharks are awake now, and they they kind of realize like we can't let these guys, especially with Ice Bear and missing four or five of their top guys yeah. and getting scored on first. So um, I thought the Sharks looked like a much better team. And I felt more confident going into um, the Nashville game because essentially they, they faced kind of adversity here. Like, oh, we went down a goal to a team that's not even in the NHL. This is not good. Um, so I thought that that 
that made them it was a good kind of warm-up game i think they were also mind you they were playing on international ice so it was a different it's not nhl ice and and for those that don't know what that means um uh international ice is wider so there's there's more space in the neutral zone nhl ice is a lot smaller and i believe the the area behind the net is a little bit bigger so they have more space so the international ice is kind of you see less open hits you see more speed more movement less clogging up in the neutral zone so it's a different kind of game really um most of the times in the olympics they play on international ice with the exception of i think when it was in canada they played on nhl ice um so it is kind of a different game it's almost like if you're a football fan, the NFL and the CFL, the CFL's field is a little bit bigger, the Canadian Football League. It's kind of the same thing. Like it's it's more open. It's it's just different. You know, it's meters? the same game, but it looks it just feels different. They use meters instead of yards? No. No, they don't. But um the other thing is uh the game's kind of faster, I feel like, in in international ice. I don't know. It, things just move along better and smoother. So anyway, that that was kind of their warm up, and I think Hurdle even mentioned it in his in his post game that the guys are kind of getting used to that international ice because some of them have just never even played on it before; they've only played on NHL size ice, so it is a lot different. And also, when you're watching on TV, to me, I feel like the players look a little smaller on international ice versus when they're on NHL ice because the camera's a little bit closer; it's zoomed out a little bit more, so it just looks different too. They look smaller, smaller and slower. <laughs> uh. Taylor is saying, so what you're saying, us Americans like things smaller? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, we had two games against Nashville back-to-back. Yes, the more you know, of course. Uh, two games against Nashville back-to-back. Uh, first game, Aaron, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like the way the Sharks looked in this game. Um, I, it was nice for hurdles. Now hurdle gets his first goal of the season, the first and only goal uh, for the sharks for this game. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was again, legs, as you're saying with against ice Baron or, or whatever the case was, but they just did not look like they were, uh, quite all there. Um, to me, like the, their legs weren't under them. Um, I think maybe the effort, uh, especially afterwards, the, the effort seemed like it was just kind of like, uh, they fell off. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I and obviously you know it's first game of the season. We're not going to judge the whole season based off of one game. But <laughs> um, gosh, I was really hoping for a better showing in their their first uh, their first outing here. But uh, that goal that Hurdle got, if you saw the celebration that he had, you would have thought that he won the Stanley Cup. My goodness, <laughs> this guy. I mean, I've seen him celebrate big, and he was super happy before. But this was like he was just going bonkers because you know again this is this is where he grew up. This is where he played right uh literally i think that arena i think he had played in that arena so um it's such an amazing moment for him for the people uh you know out there in the czech republic to be able to watch this game see him um you know kind of the hometown hero go out there and score uh everyone was going berserk for him uh, before the game they had uh <laughs> before the game they had uh, Yarmir yager out there with him of course another czech republic native and um he was talking with them and everything else so it's just a, a cool kind of thing that was you know, uh, like that hometown pride kind of thing. Uh, although obviously hurdles, uh, you know, plays for the sharks it, it, when he was the, they were the away team. And uh, I think it was Shane had said, but I feel like because it's hurdle and because they've got Shimmick as well, 
the distinct advantage is going to go to the Sharks for the uh, the hometown advantage. The crowd's going to be with the Sharks. And certainly I think that they were. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think about this game? What did you think about the next game if you want to? But what did you think about this game in particular? Uh, it, it just – they didn't look great. No, and I think it, it was um... – We'll just talk about adversity again. They got scored on early, real quick. First minute or second minute of the game, uh, they scored a minute and one into the game. That just kind of like, oh, wow, here we go. Like, now we have to play from behind already. Like, there's there's a lot of a lot of hockey left. But um, giving up a quick goal in the beginning of the first period and then followed up with another quick goal, given up in the beginning of the second period, I think that kind of threw them off. And um, they weren't quite able to recover, especially after the third goal. But Hurdle's goal was, yeah, it was nuts. The place is going crazy. Um, fun fact about uh, Yager meeting with him and I guess probably the whole team, but Shimmick had never met Yager before. Shimmick, who's also a Czech Republic. Um, he had, That was his first time ever meeting Yager. So, I mean, imagine like meeting Wayne Gretzky, like for the first time ever, right? Like that's your your hometown hero, like the cur- person that you grow up wanting to emulate um and then for the celebration like hurdle think about how many family and friends he had at that game i'm sure he had i mean i would i would venture to say he probably knew well over a hundred couple hundred people personally knew over a couple hundred people at that game who had never been able to probably most of them had never been able to see him play live in an nhl game and yet here they were in their hometown an arena that he grew up playing in and uh he's playing from and he scores a goal he didn't get an assist. He scored the goal, and it was awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's going to go down one of his favorite moments of his entire NHL career, scoring a goal in this game. Sure, they lost, but individually, that that must have been awesome. But going back to the game overall, once that third goal was scored, the Sharks just looked defeated, and that goal came in the second period. The third goal came in the second period. So they had a whole period to come out there and and, and fight back, and – I felt like the fight was never really there. They just seemed like it was the, I don't know, I'm going to say it was like the 80th game in the season and they're not making playoffs and they're just looking forward to golfing. That's what it felt like. Like they were just already out to lunch. So um, we actually, I think we have a clip for this one too, right? Yeah. Uh, Quinn, the coach, uh, had kind of the same feeling, I guess, if you will. So here's Quinn after the game uh, talking about the exact thing I just talked about after that third goal. Yes, I thought we, as the game went on, I thought we got away from getting pucks in the net and traffic and, you know, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought up until they made it three to one, it was, a, you know, we were hanging around and, you know, I like some of the things we were doing, but, you know, once they made it three to one, I really thought there was a huge disparity in the way they played compared to the way we played. I thought the last 25 minutes, they really took it to us and I thought we got a little bit demoralized and, you know, we've got to toughen up a little bit mentally in that department. When you do get scored upon, you got to fight back, which I thought we did after we gave up the first one early. Um, but, you know, I, you know, the last 25 minutes, they really kind of set the tone and took it to us. Hard to disagree there. I, that third period was pretty ugly and boring. Unfortunately, yeah, and, and that's for me is kind of the whole thing. Like, look, if we're going to be a bad team, fine, be a bad team. But we brought some players in to try to make this an, at least an entertaining product. Um, that third period was definitely not very entertaining, as you said, mostly yeah. boring. You know, I want to do, uh, call out a couple comments here, though. Uh, Kellen Foster saying, "I'm sure his fourth grade librarian showed up to support <laughs> Hurdle." 
Uh, there you go. And then Taylor reminding uh, Kellen, hey, don't forget his childhood dentist. So there you go. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Along with everybody. the neighborhood watch commander self-appointed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had lots of, of, of family and friends and uh, people that he's known uh, of the years growing up uh, come to that game to support him. Uh, so a, a really good look there. But again, not not a very good look was that third period. And uh, it's unfortunate. But, you know, as, as Coach Quinn said, you know, we have to be a little bit more mentally tough than that we can't you know they're they're professionals it's not like um you're asking you know ahl guys that are being called up because like last season they have to right and you're asking them to do more than they can mentally these are guys that have played in the league before uh, and they're just making a a lateral move so you're, you're hoping that they'd be able to be a little bit more mentally tough than that and and after going down you know it's it's always often said that that's the worst league in hockey is two goal lead so um they were only down by two. And like you said, they had more than a whole period to come back. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just didn't seem like they were interested. I don't know why, but um, I, I would say a better effort in the, uh, the second game here for ready to move on. Absolutely. I think right. uh, parlaying what he had just said going into the second game. Yeah. I thought, I mean, the sharks lost, uh, was it three to two? Okay. I thought the fight was much better. I mm-hmm. thought, and the, the only change that they had from, the lineup was they started Kakinen instead of Reimer and, and nothing on Reimer. I thought Reimer actually played a very good game um, in that first game too, but um, Reimer is out and they put in, they put in Kakinen and then um, they pulled out the defenseman Harrington and they put in uh, Megna in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Megna was a little bit more effective, but looking at stats, he's a minus two. So I don't know that it's, it's hard to say. And he only had 10 minutes of ice time versus Harrington's 16 minutes. So was it, was it worth it? I don't know. But so far the Sharks reputation of having most likely the worst defensive core in the league is looking like it's holding true and it's going to be a long season. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a lot of people beforehand had, had was saying like that they're not a huge fan of, uh, of was it Benning? Matt Benning. Matt Benning. Yeah. So, um, and then he said Tyler way, way back uh, at the beginning of the show saying, oh, actually, Kellen's saying, so we all like that Benning guy. Yeah. Tyler says, why, why four years for Benning? Uh, yeah, it's four years for Benning, but it was also four years with a total of five million. So it's only 1.25 per year. That's an easily movable contract, I think, if uh, if they needed to down the road. So um, I, I'm not concerned with that one at all the, the the cap hit goes up next season just a little bit and he's it doesn't matter anymore right so i'm not too concerned about that whatsoever but um yeah it would be nice that if you are given a guy a four-year contract that you're you're pretty sure you're gonna lock him into your lineup and um yeah i don't know just did not look uh did not look good and the other one here and, and kellen was saying the same thing harrington looked pretty lost although he was skating with carlson who looked really uh, pedestrian Okay, that's fair enough. But for me, um, yeah, I wasn't very impressed with uh, with Harrington either. I think there was a couple plays where he had, uh, well, I mean, at least one in particular, where he had passed uh, a puck from from behind the goal line, kind of going through the middle a little bit there, and that's that's like defenseman one hundred and one. Um, you, you don't throw the puck in the beginning, uh, right in the, the the front of your net there. So, uh, I mean, you know, if it's if it's you know a longer shot and you're not going directly across the crease, okay, fine. But this was one where there was a guy standing right there and he just basically passed it to him, you know. So um, that that kind of stuff. I mean, hopefully that's just nerves and he kind of shakes that stuff off and he comes back and and is better for it. But um, I was 
kind of expecting a little bit better uh, out of him. And unfortunately, yeah, Benning and Harrington so far, um, a, li- a little little shaky for me. So, uh, I, I, But I'm looking forward to Megna. I know what Megna brings. I've seen him last season. I yeah. think he can handle the load. I'd actually be very interested in seeing him uh, get more starts, get some time. Uh, time on ice and uh, you know, see what he can do for this season here. So uh, under, you know, a new coaching staff and a new regime and uh, new strategies and everything else, I think he, he'll do just fine. That's, that's my take on, uh, on Megna at least. Yeah. Um, One guy who uh, I really liked in this game was Cunning, who we had already kind of elaborated yeah. to. Now we did the segment a couple years ago when Joe Pavelski was on the team, because we were doing a Joe Pavelski goal watch for uh, what season was that? The set. Whenever they went to the conference finals, I think it was that whole season. We were doing, yeah. what was it? Seeing if he's going to get to 30 goals, I think it was. So yeah. this year, we're going to do a cunning goal watch because <laughs> this man is the garbage man. That's awesome. We have not seen that yet, so we didn't know that was coming. For the um, people on the podcast, Aaron, explain that. <laughs> so the the graphic was Luke Cunning dressed as a garbage collector, and it says Luke Cunning garbage collector. So this guy, uh, in game one, he had the most ice time of all the forwards, which is crazy. He had more ice time than Hurdle, more ice time than, than Meyer. Um, part of it is he's on both the power play and uh, the penalty kill. And um, in... Game two here against Nashville, he had a power play goal. And I do you remember the goal? It was it was a garbage goal in front of the net. I, I personally do not remember the goal, but go ahead and let him know. Okay, so so the puck, I think it was a rebound. He shot it and it was Lankin in in goal oh. in the second game. He made the first save, uh, but uh Kooning quickly got the re- his own rebound and and kind of skated a little to the right and put it away. Just yeah. buried it, right? So um, I was like, man, it, he had such quick hands. Like it was, it was so such a bang, bang, quick play that I was like, wow, that was, that was amazing. This is the kind of player that the Sharks just have not really had probably since Pavelski. Now I'm not saying Cunning is going to be Pavelski and be a 30 goal scorer, but from what I've seen so far in these couple games, I would say, and I'd be happy if this guy, if he stays on the top power play and is basically playing the garbage collector, we're going to see 15 and maybe close to 20 goals just because he'll probably have five or six, maybe a little bit more power play goals. And then who knows how many even strength they'll get for the year and possibly even a shorthanded goal or two on the season as well. Cause he's playing on both. So I think, uh, I think this is a pretty good player here that we have on our hands. And again, not a Pavelski. I would say his ceiling is going to be about 20 goals. Not that I'm expecting him to get 30 or 40. So right. But we're going to keep this um, cunning goal watch all year long and, and maybe do a little tally. So right now he's at one. We're at one after two games. So he's on a 40-goal pace, 41-goal right. pace. You know who he has more goals than? LeBanc? No, Gregor. Oh. <laughs> it's two games, man. It's two games. I'm just saying, um, Drew pointing out that Cunning has a, a, a career year would be getting past 31 points. Apparently, that's what he's saying. So apparently, that's that's uh, the most he's ever had would be the 31 points. So, um, do you think now you're saying 15, 20 goals would be great for him? You think it's doable? He has a power play time. Absolutely. You think he gets past the 31 points then? 
if he stays on the top power play like ah. that, if he well, he needs the he needs the ice time. If he's gonna stay on that power play, absolutely, he's gonna he's gonna smash that thirty one points. I would say he would be forty, maybe even flirt with fifty if he's really up. Um, fifty is too much. Forty points, I would say. I was gonna say now. Remember, because he might be losing his his line to uh, Barabanov when he gets back too. But he might be staying on the top power play. The power play is right. crucial because he's gonna be playing with some really good players that he, he's gonna collect that garbage. If he's the garbage collector on the top power play line, which he actually got on the second line, second power play line, um, we might see some uh, some some good goal scores here. Uh, Navy forty seven is apparently tired. He's throwing some Z's up there with a the yawny face. So uh, I don't know if we're boring you, buddy. I'm sorry. Jeez, uh, <laughs> what's that all about? I don't know. Uh, he's on the second power play unit. Kellen says, "Is that he was. correct or incorrect?" No, he is. He is. He's on the second power play unit. Yeah. Okay. Well, the second power play unit was when they capitalized, so good yeah. on them. You know, sometimes it's a, a little less talent and a little more just get the ding puck to the net. You know, that's I was gonna say that top power play line they pass it too much. They're looking yeah. for that backdoor tap in every time instead of just shooting the puck and getting dirty. Second line they get dirty and they get goals, they get results. That's what I like seeing from the power play: shots, shots, shot, 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 shot. <laughs> Everybody. 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 Okay um oh he's trolling apparently all right cool uh anything else you want to say about uh either cunning or the uh the second nashville game here um i thought they just looked much better i thought for sure they were going to get that tying goal at least in in that game it looked like they were they were pressing and they were looking much better they just couldn't i mean yeah lankadin was playing pretty well but i feel like <laughs> i feel like the sharks always make the backup goalies look like a vezina winner you know like <laughs> It happens all the time, not and not just like the last couple of years. Like I feel like it always happens, right? Like oh, we're playing the backup goalie. Oh my gosh, we can't score on this guy. What's wrong with who, us? Who was the goalie? Was it a Di Pietro for Vancouver? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Lit him uh, up for like nine goals or something like that. I forget. We did not yeah. make him look like a Vesna winner. That is true. Well, that guy they scored nine goals on. Yeah, they scored a lot. That's because he was an at the time like an ECHL goalie that came up like just yeah. brutal. <laughs> well, uh, one guy that some of the fans think uh, ought to play in the ECHL, Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, honestly, this season though, I, I think, and you you said it before. Uh, apparently, I don't remember you saying this, but uh, <laughs> I think this is going to be a resurgent season for him. I think he's going to look a lot better. He's got um, you know a head coach that kind of rewards the hard work, right? Uh, and and him being a veteran, him trying to work hard out there. I think he's going to have a bit of a bounce back here. And um, miraculously, you had called out that you think he's going to be kind of more of the top four, 20-minute-a-game uh, guy. And lo and behold, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Sure. In the first game, he had exactly 20 minutes and zero seconds. <laughs> I said, because I think last year he was down to about 12, 13 minutes a night. Um, he was kind of, I wouldn't say he's in the doghouse, but he was on that third pairing and so he got scratched last year. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't warranted. He was not playing very well, but I feel like this year he's in a much better headspace. He's ready. He's got new coaching staff. He's got a new, new GM. They probably sat down and talked to them, see where his game's at. Um, I think he looks, he's not going to be what he used to be. He's too old for that, but I think he's a very serviceful defenseman. I think he could stay in that top four in the next year or two, um, depending on if the sharks bring anyone else in. But, um, I thought he looked pretty decent and he didn't look like a liability. Um, in fact, I said all that stuff 
And just from, I guess, the eye test of watching him in the last couple of games, I was like, yeah, that's, I was, I was pleasantly surprising them out there. And Corey Massasak earlier today had said that he was leading the team in like Corsi and everything else. And he was also up against the hardest forward line, the best forward line of Nashville. So the Vlasic of old at least showed up for those last two games where he was shutting down the top forward lines, doing a great job. And the team was actually better on the ice. When he was on the ice, the team, the Sharks were playing better than when he wasn't on the ice. So there you go. There's some stats to back up what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so you you, uh, you thought that he played well, yeah? Mm-hmm. You thought that he didn't look like garbage? Sorry, just testing out the graphic version for producer Jason. <laughs> anyway, for those in the podcast, he just gave the Luke Kunin uh, garbage <laughs> thing again. <laughs> just Again, we're testing. There's a lot of stuff going on here behind the scenes, folks. Okay, just deal with it. Um, okay, so you, you say he looked like a top four. Now, the question here, and we know what we should do. We should probably make this the uh, the roll call question. Sure. What do you say? All yeah, right, let's good. do it. So, so we'll do roll call right now, okay? Um, let us know where you're watching us from. Uh, and then let us know if you think that Vlasic is going to end up turning into trade bait um, via his play this season. Do you think he's going to show up, play much better than he has in seasons past under Bob Bugner, um, and, and and make himself tradable to a different team? Maybe I think, not the seven million. Maybe it's you know obviously retaining three and a half. Something or, like what Burns did, where they retained exactly, the salary. Yeah. And, which, in my opinion, is better than buying him out because it'll be on your books less. Oh, and yeah. you get to move him, and the other team will be happy, and hopefully the return will be a little bit better. So, yeah. I don't mind that. Do you even want him to be trade bait? Do you do you believe in Mark Edward Vlasic, Aaron? <clears throat> do you believe in him? I do, actually. I think, I think this is – he was one of the guys that I said was going to bounce back, and I would be okay with it because – I've always liked Vlasic. I liked his game. Um, obviously, the last couple of years, he's not been the same as he was. A lot of people get hung up on his $7 million salary, which, yeah, that's a lot. But he earned that salary. He was not making that salary when he was at the top of the league in shutdown defensemen. Yeah. So, to me, it was just payback for what he'd been doing. Um, and I still believe that Doug Wilson kind of had these backdoor handshake deals of hey i'll take care of you later in your career if you keep your salary low be a team friendly salary um and i'll be sure that you get paid because he was trying to keep that cup window open as long as he could knowing that these guys are gonna have to get paid and they're gonna be screwed later on now if the sharks won a cup in 2016 and possibly even won again when they had carlson would anybody even care about these salaries right now probably not it'd be like chicago what they're going through right now it'd be like The Kings, what they've been going through the last couple of years, no, they'd be happy. But because the Sharks didn't win, people are pissed and they want heads to roll. And so that's where we got kind of a split of Sharks fans here. But $7 million for another three seasons after this, if they could trade him, maybe keep half of it, $3.5 million. I think he's a very good $3.5 million top four. Sure. Or even even bottom bottom pairing defenseman. That's a pretty decent, maybe a little bit pricey, but he's got experience and maybe pair him up with a young guy who's going to be kind of up and coming, but not quite ready for prime time thing. I think it's doable. 
Yeah, I think so too. Frankly, I don't think he he does get traded though. I think um, I think he just is serviceable, plays well, and I mean, unless a team really comes calling for him, um, I, I he'll probably end up just sticking staying in San Jose. Um, kind of what I think. But uh, L M says uh, he was told buy out or play better and get traded to a better team. Um, okay, I don't, I don't know. disagree with that. Like yeah. Yeah. right now, I mean, maybe that's the kind of um, talk that Greer had with these guys, the older guys, the veterans saying, yeah. Hey, we're not going to be winning a cup in the next couple of seasons. We're, we're probably just going to be rebuilding here. If you want out, you need to play the top that you can play so that I can get you to a better team. Yeah. Cause if you could show other teams that you can play, they're going to want you. If you don't, they're not look at all the players in Arizona, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> look at Phil Kessel who barely signed at the very end there uh, with, with um, Vegas, like just, you got to keep playing even if you're on a terrible team because you never know where you'll end up. Uh, Taylor Kearney saying he doesn't think so that the contract would be too hard to sell and that we would need to retain salary. Yeah. He's in the same, uh, same mind space as Aaron and I here uh, in terms of needing to retain uh, drew bringing up new says he'll return eventually. So uh, maybe Vlasic will get bumped what do you think? to the third pairing. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like new might be, well, he might be slotted with Carlson, right? New Navarra. I don't know. Hey, yeah, well, I mean, we'd have to see how that shakes out once he's back. So, I mean, right uh, now it's it's uh, Mario's with him, but yeah. who knows if that's going to last or not? <laughs> uh, Michael Vlasic will not be trade bait, but will be a serviceable defensive defenseman to pair with another sturdy D man. That's what Matt Lowe thinks. Uh, out of Castro Valley. Thank you, Matt. And then uh, Kellen Foster says, so Vlasic to the Blue Jackets in a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> Wait, Pierre-Luc Dubois is in Winnipeg, I thought. I thought he got traded too, yeah. Yeah, he got traded like a year last season or two seasons ago. So he's not even there. <laughs> Maybe he, there's a three-way trade he's trying to work out there. Who knows? Right. And don't forget, teams could do a three-way trade retaining salary, so his salary could get reduced even more. Yeah, so yeah, if you do, doing the math, it would go down to 3.5 and then 1.75. I think any team, any team could certainly not, maybe not necessarily like, but could certainly use a Marco Gord Vlasic for 1.75, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we just talked about uh, Benning at 1.25. For half a mil more, you get a guy that's, you know, been there, done that in this league. So um, I think that brings a little bit to the locker room as well as to the ice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams would uh, would be okay with that. Where's Justin Brown when you need him? Hey, Taylor, uh, you are not, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, gosh. What's Justin Braun, the guy? Oh my goodness! Why can't I remember his name? I haven't seen him in so long. Uh, Lundy. Thank you, Lundy. Lundy. Jeez. Yeah, where's Lundy, buddy? Uh, thank no, you, Taylor, I'm... for uh, stepping in for uh, for Lundy there and bringing up Justin Braun. Appreciate that. Yeah, Kellen says, "Where's Lundy?" <laughs> there you go. Um. Okay. Yeah. Anything else here about? Uh, I think we've got a lot of the the feedback there from the folks. Thank you guys for for chiming in. Appreciate your comments there on uh, on pickles um yeah anything else uh, aaron you uh you think about this topic here or you good um i mean it's two games in and they were playing in europe so yeah. and not i'm not throwing anything against nashville nashville is a very good team who was a i don't know if they were a cup contending team but they were definitely a playoff team uh who went deep and they had a very very good year last year so this was a very strong team um i'm not shocked that the sharks went zero two I thought for sure they were going to win that second game, and I would have been happy with the split. But at the same time, 
I'm kind of happy that they're leading the league to get Connor better. So um, I don't mind. I just, I, to me, I don't think this is a playoff team and I don't think they're trying to be. So um, as long as the game, they, that second game, I just thought was better. It was entertaining. They were trying and I'm okay with when you try hard and you just still can't quite get there, you know, yeah. like that's okay. You did your absolute best and what you could do. Oh, there you go. Thank Go ahead. Thank you, Taylor. Taylor's <laughs> manifesting Lundy energy with $5 in the super chat. Thank you, Taylor. We really appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, we haven't, we haven't seen Lundy in a while. I hope he's okay, but, uh, happy to have you guys here with us. So uh, again, thank you so much for supporting the show. He is um, in Minnesota. So it's a big time difference. What was that? He is in Minnesota. Yeah. Right. So that's a big time difference. It's hard yeah. to, yeah, totally. Just we're late. Uh, okay, so let's go with uh, Barracuda here. Sharks to get Connor better. Oh, wow. You think he's better? Okay. Connor better. better. David, he's saying, yeah. That's I funny. Connor better. I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know about that. Uh, okay, so we'll see. Uh, just supporting the show. Don't blame him. Oh, thank you, Taylor. Okay, <laughs> um, okay so Barracuda update here. Um, and now some of you might be not interested in Barracuda, but honestly, you should be. I think this season is going to be a, a really good one for the Barracuda. And uh, for for the reason I'm about to say, yes, um, the, the Sharks did have to trim the, the roster down after coming back uh, or, or before they can get back here and start playing uh, NHL games here in the States. Uh, they had to bring their roster down from 27 to 23. They were able to bring 27 because uh, they were out in the Czech Republic. And that was kind of an exception that was given to those two teams uh, to have extra players on their roster. So uh, now that they had to be back down to 23, uh, VL and Dell both went down through the waiver wires. And the other two players that went down uh, to fans dismay, I would say the fans weren't too happy about it, but uh, Bordalo and Eklund. Um, I know the fans really want to see these guys and they really want them to get uh, some, some time at the NHL level, but I think it's a great move. Let these guys dominate in the AHL, let them get their bearings underneath them, let them be the man at that level. Right. And then kind of earn their way back into the lineup. I think it also gives the guys that are more veteran on the team, the guys that have uh, maybe coming towards the end of their careers, the guys that are in, in, near the end of their contracts, give them an opportunity to showcase as best they can so that, as we just talked about Mark Edward Vlasic, maybe a team comes calling and gets the Sharks uh, quite uh, another draft pick, something that uh, can maybe bolster that, that roster up uh, in, in years to come. So keeping those two guys baking in the AHL, not such a bad idea for the business side. I like it mainly because Aaron and I are uh, two-thirds of a uh, season <laughs> ticket holder group for the uh, San Jose Barracuda. So I am I'm so happy hearing this, Aaron, honestly. Like we're gonna get to watch uh Bordalo and Eklund um and tear it up in the AHL in the brand new TechCU arena. Uh, we've talked about it before. If you haven't seen it, check out our spotlight uh episode on TechCU. Uh really, really cool stuff. They had the whole construction and we got to see it. Um you know, we should do an updated spotlight on that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah we should definitely do it. that. We, we, yeah. I'm sure we can get somebody we can contact over there and give us an opportunity to walk around and show everybody all the amenities and whatnot. And um, it's really, really nice place. Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about this in the last show, but I think Bordalo and and uh, Eklund need to be the men, the guys, the the go to guys getting 18, 20 minutes a night, leading the power play, possibly leading 
shorthanded if if they really wanted to work on that part of their game. Um, when they play on the Sharks, they're going to be third, fourth line guys are scratched. It's just not worth it for their development. So the Sharks aren't going to be competitive. Now, if the Sharks, let's say the Sharks were a, I would say even better than a bubble team. Like they were a team that was expected to make the playoffs with the roster they had. Then I would see these guys should probably be on the Sharks because you need higher skilled guys on on lower contracts because they're entry level um, to be successful. And so that's where I would see the Sharks wanting them to be on the team. But because they're not and they're not expecting to be a playoff team, I think it's better for them to develop in the AHL level. And again, get all those top minutes. Um, plus, we have season tickets, so I want them to be there and play and be really good. But <laughs> I think uh, they are going to be—they are going to be a better team, probably one of the better Barracuda teams, maybe in their history. Yeah. Not going way, way back to Worcester Sharks, but the Barracuda level um, or the Barracuda team. I think this will be one of the better ones, and um, I'm excited to to watch them play. And the other thing is, like, they would be getting chemistry with each other and then possibly you know next year coming up and being full-time sharks and they're are built in chemistry imagine having that what hurdle and timo meyer line or at least those duo playing together and they play well and doing that at the ahl level and then bringing that right into the nhl level um i don't think that's a bad thing so um and drew said he said could year but i think he meant good year to be good a crew member this season <laughs> um yeah and i think they made a sign a three-year deal right so they know people only want this season because all those guys are going to graduate to the sharks soon <laughs> they're like sure we'll stick around yeah yeah hey man i don't mind like i said the uh, the whole facility is so nice anyway so um really uh looking forward to it and uh especially this season i i i, I again i for for me being able to watch these guys uh play night in night out um whereas you know we we i can't really do that with the sharks i can't go to every single game you know but like with the the cuda i think it'll be a little bit different here so they they mostly have the games on the weekends and whatnot so it'll be a lot easier for me my family and you guys uh everybody to go so um it's gonna be a really good season i can't wait um to see how they do here so um the game uh it was the preseason game right on Saturday? Yes, yes. And actually, um, what's his name? Uh, Etu Makiniemi, <laughs> I think his name. Uh, he was the goaltender for that uh, that last uh, preseason game that I went to there, and they played against the Condors uh, over at Tech CU. And, yeah, they ended up winning that game. Uh, it was in overtime, and I think it was uh, uh, Kinyatsev uh, got the game winner in overtime. Um, really a fun game. Now, there's one thing I do want to take out of that game. Uh, if I'm going to bring anything up about the Barracuda um, for 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 this this one game here, it's watching Ryan Merkley. Um, and I know you're like, oh, he's still young. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I I feel like he's not taking it seriously. I honestly feel like he's not taking it seriously. The guy is so incredibly skilled, amazingly skilled, but like he's just he's trying to play with the puck. He's he, he he instead of making the simple play, he's doing the uh, over the top, uh, more flash, uh, definitely more difficult moves, and it just doesn't it, like to, to to maintain the puck and to get around people. It just seems like he's trying to like uh, showcase himself more than actually just play the game. And I feel like if he just played the game and used his skills to do the basic simple uh, plays. They would have looked a lot better. They probably would have won that game by a lot more. They would have to go OT. Uh, and I think he'd be getting more of a look, more of a serious look 
to, to move forward in his career. Now, again, I know you say he's young, uh, but he was drafted very young and he's, this is like his fifth year now. Cause he was like 17, I think. Right. So he's 22 now. So that's he five, turning I, I understand he's young, but he's been for five years. Right. We, we've gone through this. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for this guy to kind of have a change of mindset. Uh, and, and yes, you're incredibly skilled. You're an amazing skater, amazing skater. His vision's off the charts. His hands are off the charts. Everything's great. Then why, why aren't you impressing? I think is the problem, right? If there's so many things that are going right for you, why aren't you impressing? And I think it's because he's trying to do too much to stand out. Um, just watching him the way that he plays and it's flashy and it's amazing. It's fun to watch. But it's frustrating when he dangles through two, three guys and he tries to go through that and then he loses the puck. Um, so I, there's just times where I wish he would just simplify the game. Um, and I don't know but, if you see it the same way, but that's I, that's what I, I'm, I'm hoping out of Ryan Merkley. I, I don't mind so much the AHL level. That could also be the coaches telling him to work on those kind of dangles and get them like – the AHL, yeah, it's great. You want to win the Calder Cup, Calder Cup. You want to do all this stuff, but it's also development for the NHL. So that could be them saying, "Hey, this is a safe space to work on that stuff. Be flashy because that's kind of why we drafted you. We want you to do that stuff. We want you to. Um, I mean, it's not always going to work, but if you keep working on it and practicing on it, and it becomes part of your game, you want to. You want to like." It's his strength, right? I mean, obviously, it doesn't work all the time, but that's his strength. That's what he's known for. They could be pushing him to say, work on it, work on it, work on it, and get better at it so that you're quicker at it and it's going to work when you get to the NHL level. That That's just a take. I don't know if that's true. I don't have any inside information. But, again, for AHL level, I don't mind it as much. Versus It's NHL. the wrong take, and I'll tell you why. LM says, <laughs> I think you hit it on the head when I was talking. So. Oh, LM says you're wrong. I'm sorry. You look for any kind of backup. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Taylor Kearney says, I'm a big fan of Merkley's game, but it's time for him to step forward or sit down. Woo. I, I don't know, know buddy. Uh, to me, that doesn't sound to me like, hey, the coaches want you to be flashy because this is a safe space. Defenseman takes so long to develop and he's still only 22. I really don't. I really don't mind. I I, oh. I will be ready to be done with this guy when he's 26, 25, 26, and not, and then NHL's a regular. And that's another, was that three, four years from now? Mm. I'm not, I don't mind as much. He was very raw. He was very young and very raw. I mean, imagine, imagine he went to college and played for three years and got drafted at 21. Mm. That was, la- that would be last year. Yep. Right. Yep. Where he would have developed more and, mm-hmm. Whatever, like yeah, we, he's been in our system because he's been in our system for so long. People want results, but his skill level had him drafted at seventeen, and he's been in the system for five years. Now, Imagine if you were drafted at twenty-one, but you were twenty-six years old. Would he be having this conversation, or would he be out the whole, door? That's a whole different like thing about the draft. About people are looking at these raw hockey players at eighteen years old and drafting them, expecting them to be superstars when they don't always pan out. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't think Merkley's going to be a top line defenseman ever. I think he's going to be a good top four defenseman that has skill to get the puck out of his own zone. That's what and and manning the power play, probably the second power play, having a right handed shot, very highly skilled defenseman on the power play, um, or even on the second power play. 
I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. still not worried about him. I'm still not I, worried. I guess I guess what I'm at is I'm in that <laughs> camp where I feel like he's just he's not going to end up working out, which is just too bad. I think he's going to be a great AHL uh, flashy uh, defenseman there. You know, getting get the puck to the the guys that can actually bury it. But um, I just I, I I'm I'm afraid the guy's just never going to get the opportunity to step it up uh, to the show. And uh, Kellen with uh, <laughs> some graphics ideas here, uh, garbage man Coonan or Cunnan. And the next is graphic jazz hands Merkley. <laughs> That's great. Oh my God. Uh, does the age gap also make him an outsider? You're gonna have to explain that one. Aaron, do you know what he's talking about? Uh, the age gap is in when he that he's drafted. young. Does it maybe, maybe he doesn't gel well in the room or something because he was a younger guy. No, I don't think that's it. Cause there's always young guys that come and go out of there. Yeah, Taylor Both. says he's 28 and he's still developing his defense. Do I get a few <laughs> more years too? No, you're done, Taylor. You're done. Okay. You're past your prime. You're past your prime, buddy. Like <laughs> defensemen are a little bit take a little bit longer than forwards do. Like a forward at 22, 23, and you can't and a first round pick and you can't quite crack the lineup, then I'd be a little worried. Defenseman. Now. There you go. Kellen Foster, a third pairing power play guy like Adam Boakvist in Columbus. That I would be happy with that. I would be happy if he turns into an NHL regular. He's not going to be a top line, top pairing defenseman, but he'll get power play time and he'll be. Uh, imagine a third pairing guy who doesn't get paid that much money, say yeah. a million, two million dollars, but he can move the puck out of the zone. Most teams would kill for that, especially a right handed shot, which are less common than left handed shots. Kellen, I will 100% agree with you if you're talking about the AHL. Uh, <laughs> All right. That, that's. Uh... <laughs> Aaron's frustrated. Okay, let's move on. Uh, you said get on with it. What? Get on with it. Get on with it. Yes. Uh, get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Yes. 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 Get, get on, on with it. With it. I, was, I was trying to. <laughs> get on with it. There it oh, is. it never gets old. Uh, new advertising boards. Uh, we were talking about this the other day about uh, jerseys with uh, you know different advertisements on them, and then you're talking about oh, but the boards have advertisements, and I'm saying yeah, but I don't buy the boards and take them home with me, and that was the whole thing about jerseys and whatnot. But new advertising boards, they've got them now where it's all digital, right? There's no actual. Mm-hmm. Well, they they actually do still have it on the boards, but they've got that space or they can do digital um, uh, advertisements on top of it. Well, it's the whole boards. They're, yeah. The boards are normal. Like They still have advertisements on it. When you're in the arena, it looks exact same. Nothing's different. So it's not like it's a, a full green screen going around. You know You know what I mean? Like in baseball, behind the home plate, there's an actual green screen. So when you're at the game, you just see a green screen. There's no there's no ads or anything. But at... Um, in the arenas, it's, it, nothing changes. It looks the same, but they'll digitally change what's on the boards when you're watching the televised view. When you watch instant replays or any other different angles, it'll still be what's physically there on the boards in, in person. But mm-hmm. um, this gives opportunities, and they were talking about it, where um, like, let's say this game was nationally and internationally broadcast. You can now advertise or you can target advertisers in local markets that are watching the game so there's local ads on that will be more relevant to the people where they live. Um, right. One great example is betting sites 
will now be able to advertise in their local markets because a lot of betting places are illegal in certain states or certain countries. So they wouldn't be shown there, but they could be shown in the places where they are legal. So this just opens up a whole new advertising revenue coming into the league, which again, brings up the dollar value of the league as a whole and brings up the amount of cap space that will be coming in. So it's good things. I don't think it messed with the, it wasn't, it wasn't distracting. I mean, I'm again, I'm a soccer fan. So I'm used to the electronic boards that go around the soccer fields that have animated stuff. So it's kind of moving and changing all the time. Um, this, I mean, it's obviously it doesn't bother the players cause they don't notice it. Nothing's moving or changing. I think that would be distracting where like it, I think in soccer, it's a little more distracting. Um, but in hockey, what they're also talking about is you can sell an ad to, let's say a car company. And instead of Honda, it just says Honda on the board. There's a physical, there's like, or on the, on the screen, there's a car driving and it's, in the first period, it's advertising one car. The second period, it's advertising a different Honda car. So they could do multiple things with it and kind of more value added to the advertisers. So I think it's a win-win. I don't think it was distracting. I don't think it looked terrible. Like, you know, you kind of you can kind of see glitches. Like it's almost like watching a Marvel movie and you're like, you're like, okay, that CGI wasn't bad. And sometimes you're like, that just looked awful. Um, I feel like I didn't get as much as that. So I didn't mind it, and I think it's great because it's bringing in more more dollars into the league, and that's a win-win. Did you even notice? I did notice, yeah. No, I, I noticed that because you know what it was is that they had the same advertisement all the way across, uh, all the way around, and I'm going, that's okay, wait a minute. <laughs> no, so, yeah. I know, I know they didn't just have like, oh, we're, we're you know, going to take over the entire, all the boards, right? That no one's going to do that. And especially since it started moving. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. And I mean, I didn't have a problem with the advertisements on the boards themselves anyway. Um, it's kind of interesting, though, because if you've got your advertisement on the boards, you've paid for that. And then they put a digital advertisement on top of that. I imagine now you're paying less to have your your stuff on the boards because the only people they're going to see that are the people that are sitting in the seats, right? Right. So you you're losing money there to gain money, right? Wait, what? The the advertisements that are on the boards physically yeah. are covered by the digital advertisement when you're watching on TV. So, but on instant replays, they're still there. And it's for the people that are in the arena, which are thousands of people. Yeah. But most of the people that are buying ads are already on the boards. So they're getting, they're going to pay for more ad space. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. But, so but like that's Honda, what I'm Honda's on there. So they yeah. already have a Honda board, but now they can have a commercial playing for what? Right. 10, 15 seconds. And then right. It rotates out. Right. So At like Western more. Digital's expense though. Because now you're being covered up to watch another for Honda. Fifteen ad. seconds. It's not. Sure. It's not constantly on, but you only get so many shots it. as the camera goes by, right? So I don't know. I don't really I care to be honest with it. you. I and I also heard they were going to put um. I think we've seen these before. The netting that's behind the goal. I've seen advertisements on that. Yeah. Like the last couple seasons, not just this year. Um. So that's a new kind of space that they're exploring. And yeah. some other ones too I read. I can't remember what they were. Anyway. Yeah. Um I, I don't I don't care enough about that. I, I honestly for me, like it, it, the jerseys is a bigger deal for me. I know you don't care, but for me it's a bigger deal than the boards. I could care less about the boards. 
Um, I think it's hilarious when you look at the, um, was it in Berlin? I think where they had on the face off dots. <laughs> yeah. On each of the face off dots. And it's like, they're, they're like distorted it's, on the eye so that when you see yeah. it on the camera, it's, it looks correct. Right. Have you seen that in soccer? I, like, you know, I remember you mentioning that. I don't remember seeing it though. In soccer, you can't advertise on the field. So it's right on the out of bounds behind the goal. So behind the goal, when the camera is panned, like looking this way, it's like 45 degree angle. Let's say they paint it at a 45 degree angle. So when you're watching it, it trips your eyes out because it looks like it's standing up and straight. It's like a 3D effect. It's really wild. But then it's flat. Like it's not, you know, it's obviously it's not 3D. It's not digital either. It's actually painted on the grass. So it's kind of the same thing when you turn in the face off dots, it's straight onto the camera. It's not, which, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming, having face off dots, having sponsors in them. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Hopefully it's I all think- digital because it looks goofy when you go to the game. You got everything is all over the ice. Kellen's saying the netting behind the goal is known as a Gregor ad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kellen. Well played, sir. Uh, Redeem Zasios. I'm going to butcher that name. Sorry. Hey, guys. Go Sharks. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Uh, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate that. Um, Aaron, you have here. And this is something that you want to do going forward. So, uh, guys, pay attention because uh, you could be featured here as well. Um, sure. We have a tweet of the week. Aaron, you want to go ahead and take this one away? Sure. I thought this was a funny response to uh, to one of our tweets that we had here. So, I tweeted out that <clears throat> the Sharks are currently closest in the NHL to getting bettered. So, at least there's that. And the response <laughs> was number 32 in the standings, but number one on the PK. Everything's going according to plan. And this is from Twisted Rister Hockey. Uh, at Nick Nick Pinkerton. So I thought that was hilarious because the Sharks, just like the last couple of years, they've been terrible and somehow, almost, not always, but are up there in the top three in penalty kill. How is that possible when you have, well, not terrible goaltending last year or this year, but the last couple of years with Martin Jones, they've had awful goaltending and yet they still somehow lead the league in penalty killing. How's that <laughs> possible? So I thought that was funny. Something's got to go, right? So if you would like to be featured on our show with the tweet of the week, tweet at us. Or, I mean, maybe I'll look at Instagram too. Maybe some Instagram comments. Yeah, sure. Whatever your social media of choice is. Um, Facebook less so. But speaking of all of those, we just surpassed 2,000 followers on Twitter, which is awesome. So thank you. Thank you for following us. And if you're not, you should. Paul actually does most of the tweeting, not all of it, but most of it from our Twitter account. Um as of this morning, we were at 740 Instagram follows, 713 Facebook follows. We also have a subreddit and we're on LinkedIn. So if you really, really like the Fin Factor, you can find us on all of those. And fun fact, I actually created a MySpace just to piss off Super Producer Jason. So there, we're somewhere in the MySpace world of the Fin Factor. I thought it was funny. Nice. I thought it was funny. Yeah, like, it made me smaller. <laughs> Well done. Well done, Super Producer Jason. <laughs> For those on the podcast, uh, he just made my uh, <laughs> my image much larger than than Aaron's. So I'm I'm prominent on the screen, if you will. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to, to kind of poke and prod at here. I know we've got the a subreddit and I think we're on LinkedIn, some that you wanted to plug to. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, just you know, reach out to us. I know Aaron had said it's usually me on Twitter, um, uh, unless it's something that Aaron had wrote under his account, and then it's a retweet. Then it's definitely Aaron on Twitter because I will never retweet anything that Aaron says. So <laughs> then you know it's him. Okay. <laughs> well, Paul, Paul does so much tweeting. I didn't want to like jump in there too because we don't really like write if it's Paul or Aaron writing it. So I'm like, yeah. all right, that's just Paul's. Yeah, yeah, Paul for just sure. Keep that account. Super producer Jason wants everybody to make sure that they know. Please follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, at the Fin Factor, and Instagram is at Fin Factor because somebody took the Fin Factor from us. So uh, good on boo. you. Yeah, boo. All the small screens, Blink 182. All right, there you go. Yes, oh, MySpace still does exist. And uh, that's what Aaron was, was just talking about. So, Aaron, anything else uh, that you want to talk about here? I know, uh, well, I guess the last little thing here. Um, you know, feel free to go to thefinfactor.com, support the show that way. You can uh, buy, you know, that that nice uh, water bottle that Aaron's been drinking out of this entire time. Uh, you can get one of those. You can get fanny packs, hats, shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. Please, if uh, you're interested in supporting the show, but you also want to get something back in return, feel free to do that. Oh, man, I like when I was bigger. Uh, feel free to, uh, to uh, support us that way as well. Um, and then, of course... Uh, thank you so much for uh, the super chat that we got. Taylor, thank you so much for supporting the show tonight with super chat. Um, and then you can also tip us on Venmo. Thank you, Super Jason, uh, at the Fin Factor. That is our Venmo. So if you leave a comment there, we will absolutely uh, say it during one of the shows here. And uh, again, thank you so much for all the support that we get from you guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, quick shout out to my friend Katie. Her birthday's coming up this week. So hi, birthday. Yay. She's on the Yay. show right now. Oh, and a uh, quick shout out to the Cupertino Cougars, 10 UA, uh, for beating the uh, Oakland something Bears today. So if you haven't figured it out yet, my son plays for uh, the Cupertino Cougars. So uh, one thing them. we didn't actually talk about is the upcoming games. I forgot to throw that on there. Oh, my goodness. We have upcoming games to talk about now. Isn't that weird? That. We're not used to it. Um, there's only two because they're traveling back from Europe. So... The first game is actually going to be the home opener this Friday, um, which we are going. Yes, we are going. Now, I know uh, Nick HBK150, who's a big fan of the show and um, somebody that I gamed with for the last couple years, actually. Um, he was hounding me about this. Are you going to the show? Are you going to the show? So, yes, Nick, if you're listening, I'll be there. I'm saying not the show, the game. <laughs> this is the show. I'm going to be on the show. Wow. If you're going to the game, um, yes, I, we, we will be there. And uh, we'll certainly have to hook up with you and get a drink or something. So there you go. We'll be there. We'll be, uh, I think I got tickets through my work. So, and that's going to be against the Carolina Hurricanes, the return of Brent Burns. It's definitely going to be a tearjerker, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, you think he's going to, you think he'll shed some tears? Oh, absolutely, man. He spent Burns what? A decade here, maybe? I'm trying to remember what year he got traded here. I think it was at least before 2012. So, yeah, I think um, there's going to be a nice tribute before. There's probably going to be what? I'm going to say he doesn't shed tears, that he gives the thumbs up, the high fives, and uh, the, all that. So I, but he's not going to shed a tear. We will watch closely, <laughs> and you guys will let us know. And the loser is going to buy drinks. How about that? I was actually talking about like a tearjerker, like in general, but yeah, sure. I'll take the bet. Do you, but no, okay. Do you, I, so you think he's shedding a tear? Well, I, that's not what I was saying originally. I was just okay. saying it's going to be a tearjerker because we're all going to be watching this video and we're all going right. to be like sad. Right. But if you want to do a bet, sure, I'll take it. All right. 
Good. I like free drinks. So <laughs> anyway, they're playing. Way to, way to go scheduling NHL. Fly back to Europe and you're playing back to back. So they're playing the Hurricanes on Saturday, uh, Friday. And then Saturday they follow up and play the Blackhawks. Um, at least they're both at home. So they'll be playing both. Um, but uh, I don't think they're going to beat the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are a not just a playoff contending team. They are a cup contending team. They might win the division. Like They may win the cup. Yeah. So they're going to look very, very good. Um, the Blackhawks, though, that will be interesting because they are horrendous. And they <laughs> also want to get better. So uh, interesting that they're playing very early season. Now, another interesting thing. The Sharks opened the season in Czech Republic against the Predators. It was weird that the rest of the NHL was still playing preseason games, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand it, uh, but it, you would think that, yeah, like you said, the scheduling, that it would be done a little bit differently. I I just think it's kind of distracting because I feel like it should have been a big to-do that the season's opening yeah. and all eyes should be on Sharks-Predators game because it's the opening of the season and nobody else is playing. They shouldn't have had like any other games. Whereas all the fans are probably, you know, going to watch their own home team games that were there. So I don't think it was as, as big of a deal. I just, I don't know. I thought that was kind of annoying. It should have been just that game going on. Yeah. Not still having preseason. Is anyway, what it is. You know, I want to open up, because uh, we do have a lot of viewers right now. I want to open it up to the viewers. If you guys have any questions, we're, we're like oh, an hour and 10 in, but since there's so many people here. <laughs> If, if there's any questions that you want us to kind of address, please feel free to throw them in the chat um, and we'll try to get to them in a timely fashion so Super Jason can go to sleep. Um, but, uh, yeah, if there's anything in there that you, you, you'd like us to kind of address or something like that, go ahead and throw it in there and, and maybe we'll get a chance to get to it. I do want to point out here uh, Taylor Kearney. Uh, Taylor is kind of one-upping me here. I was talking about the 10U kids, and he's talking about his littler brother, uh, for the Colorado Springs Tigers Triple A U18 team, says he's going to be draft eligible next draft. Wow. Holy, that's pretty cool. That's really cool, man. So, but you know, it's too late for you though, right? Yeah, because you, you're you're the one they were saying you were 26, 28. Sorry, buddy, you're done. <laughs> Your little brother though, that's that's really cool. You guys do awesome. Don't change a thing. Okay, well there you go. We won't change anything, Aaron. Maybe Probably. I'll get myself back in focus, but then that'll be the end of it. Probably not. <laughs> I'm a blurry mess right now, buddy. I don't know. You're supposed to do the whole like flower around the hands thing or something, aren't you? Is that supposed to make it better? Yeah. Oh, wow. It does. It works. Look at that. But then take it away. It goes blurry again. I don't know. Anyway, um, so any last thing here, Aaron? We'll, we'll check the, the chat one last time before we uh, maybe head out. No, I'm looking forward to going to a hockey game in person, an NHL game. So... And a season opener. Those are always yeah. fun. Yeah, it, it, it always sucks when they don't make playoffs and, and uh, there's nothing to do, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's, we take this hiatus from the <laughs> show. There's no, there's nothing to chat about. There's nothing to watch. There's nothing to do. It just kind of sucks, you know. So it uh, looks like we got a question here. Uh, Graham Slam question for Paul. Oh, no. Why do you hate Noah Gregor? Oh, no, Graham. Graham, no. No, 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 no. I don't hate Noah Gregor. I like the guy. I just know what he is. And he ain't a 10-goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> at least not last season proven uh this season i'm looking forward to uh to seeing him maybe have a bit of a bounce back uh maybe looking a lot better but i just i don't know and even in the preseason that uh the games uh, that we saw so far and the regular season game that we saw 
uh, he, he eh, he's not really that impressive to me. So um, I, I don't know. I think for me, I just have a realistic view of, of what he is. And uh, when, you know, Aaron was, was telling me he's going to be a 10 goal scorer that, like that last season. I just, I just didn't believe it. That's also, um, it's not that I hate the guy. I don't hate him, but I've certainly had uh, poked fun at him uh, quite a bit here and there. So uh, it's all in good fun. <laughs> he doesn't believe me. He goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you either. <laughs> Come on. I don't hate the guy. Uh, let's see how many A's what go into these leagues. Oh, no. Triple oh, A is, is the, like the top. Yeah, AAA is is the top. It's like baseball, right? I guess because I don't know baseball very well, but yeah, if if there's more A's, it means you're better than yes. It goes AAA, double A, single A. Triple A is the highest. Yeah, single A is the bottom. Yeah, right. but then there's also like double B and D, and when you get into right, the it lower just keeps leagues, going because the, young, the younger age groups at yeah. least. Yeah, so so <laughs> for instance, my son plays in ten U A A at ten U. That's the highest they could play at. So um, that's where they're at. Now, unfortunately, in Northern California, an A team is not quite as good as the A teams in Southern California or in other parts of the country, but um, he's doing okay for himself. So you can imagine uh, 18U AAA is a uh, real deal. So, yeah, we'll have to look that one up. Uh, again, I'm guessing the last name is still Kearney. So maybe we'll have to keep an eye out for that guy, huh? Y'all got hoodies in your show store. Yes, we do. We do, right? Yeah, Super Producer Jason, you want to confirm that one? I think, uh, yeah, he's going to put, there, there you go. go. Man, he is up. on point, dude. I'm telling yeah. you. I actually have the gray one. It's it's pretty nice. Oh, there you go. I like it. How come I don't have one? What the hell? Because uh, you didn't buy one? This is ridiculous. I have to buy one. All right, well, I don't get a, a discount, I don't think, guys. So whatever you're paying is the same thing I'm paying. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So yes, we do have uh, the uh, the sweatshirts, the hoodies in there. So thank you for uh, for checking that out. Triple uh, A usually Junior A, which is the highest level below Major Junior. Yeah, CHL, USHL. Yeah, yeah. Graham Slams on on point there. But yeah, he's he'll be draft eligible. So if the whoever it is, Lincoln, Lincoln Kearney, is that his name? Taylor and Lincoln brothers. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Graham here. Graham runs another YouTube page or YouTube channel that uh, covers prospects. So he is the prospect expert and knows all this stuff. So if you want to give him a follow, go for it. Is this the guy you were you were talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Graham, we're Let's gonna have to money. try to contact you. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have Graham on our show at some point this season. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting the cat out of the bag, Aaron. Geez. Oh well, there it well, is. Anyway. Uh, I wear my fin factor shirt in the gym and everyone thinks I sell surfboard fins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Excellent. When we went to uh, the NHL all-star game and we were interviewing people, people thought we were a Finnish um, <laughs> show like from Finland. Like there's a couple, cause there was a couple Finnish guys that were there and they're like, Oh, are you finished? And they like, you know, said it in Finnish. We're like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That. And I get, uh, Miami Dolphins. People think we're Miami Dolphins because it's almost the similar oh, colors. Yeah. Which is funny because Mike Greer's brother is the GM of the Miami Dolphins. Chris Greer. Yeah. Very There's similar. one of those the more you know moments, and we yeah. just we lost it. What happened? That's a lot of teal in that family. <laughs> Graham says expert in exclamation bar in quotation marks. Yeah. Well, I'm probably more expert than us when it comes to prospects, buddy. So 
we'd love to have you uh, love to have you on the show at some point. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about some prospects. That'd be good. Perfect. Okay, I think we've gone well off the rails. Uh, so I think we're going to go ahead and call it here. Hey guys, uh, thank you again so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys, uh, all the super chat and support. Uh, again, thank you all for that. And if you're going to go visit the thefinfactor.com and check out any of the, the merchandise that we have for sale, we absolutely do appreciate you supporting the show that way. And it's great because you get something in return. You can kind of flaunt it to, uh, to everyone else who doesn't have it, who isn't as cool as you. So uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Super producer Jason reminding you, like, subscribe, and ring that bell for notifications so that you know when we're going live and you can be a part of the show. And also, you know, the main thing that I always ask for is please uh, share us, retweet us, uh, re-insta photo us, whatever that thing is. I don't know. Dude, I'm, I'm out of touch. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> do all the things. Uh, help us get out there to your sharks, friends, and family so that uh, if you're enjoying listening to us and talking with us, I'm sure they will do it as well. So with that, Aaron, do you have anything else uh, you want to you throw in here? I'm good. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next week of games here for the Sharks and, and for the Barracuda. I can't wait to see uh, all the prospects doing their thing at the AHL level. And then hopefully, like I said, we'll have some entertaining hockey at least, if not some winning hockey out, out of the, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Yes. Maybe we do a meetup on Friday if anyone's going to the game. There you hit go. Us up, hit us up in the comments and let us know if you're going to be there and what section you're in. How about that? There you go. Perfect. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you so much. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Next week. And hopefully I'm in focus. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.